A man's been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following the death of Nottingham Panthers ice hockey player Adam Johnson. The South Yorkshire police uh, made this announcement earlier today. The man was not named, but if you have a program, you certainly could figure it out. He remains in police custody. The uh, quote from the chief superintendent is, our investigation launched immediately following this tragedy and have been carrying out extensive inquiries ever since the piece together, the events which led to the loss of Adam in these unprecedented circumstances. Wow. You know, it's uh, it's hard for us to comprehend, but the question's got to be asked, do hockey organizations need to address the philosophical impacts of team trauma, not just the physical ones. To talk about this and where we're going with this story and where we're going to go with hockey in general is the Associate Professor the Department of Kinesiology at the University of Windsor. It's Dr. Craig Greenham. Hello, Craig. How are you? Uh, hey, Bryn. Good afternoon. Well, this story I know you've been following for quite some time because it, it's to me it seems like we never really think about how this affects a team very often. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, I totally would agree with it. And I think hockey in some ways maybe isn't that different than regular society in that respect, Bryn, because I think hockey has always done a, a, a better job at addressing the scene injuries like the broken collarbone or uh, the, uh, the sprain of the ankle or something like that. The unseen injuries, I think, is, is, is something that we need to turn our attention to and focus on more. The, the other thing, we've gone through this debate, too, with the neck, uh, the neck protectors and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some leagues respond quickly. Some just don't respond at all. I'm fascinated to just watch how the various leagues respond to this kind of thing and how they think on that. I'm sure you're watching that very closely. Yeah, part of me is surprised we're still having this debate. Uh, if you think back into relatively recent history with uh, Richard Zednick and Clint Malarchuk, uh, you would think the proof is in the pudding. And even the so-called knuckle-draggers, that's not my uh, phrasing here, but right. Don Cherry has been advocating for neck guards for years. You can go back and find clips. So, you know, th- there seems to be a-, a voice for it, but whether or not people want to listen is a-, a different matter entirely. Now, there's those two words, hockey culture. I, every time I hear those two words, I go, oh, yeah, there's definitely a hockey culture out there. And it just seems like we try to power our way through this. But I don't do you think that that's powering through it is hard. Like, I think you need to have some people come and assist you. Are you encouraged by anything that you're seeing out there or what you're hearing? Oh, I think so. Uh, when you think about our study, and, and I don't want to get into the, the nuts and bolts too deeply because I think it would take too much time, but when you, when you think about our study, and we started looking at the Swift Current Broncos bus crash of 1986, and then we looked at more modern-day circumstances and scenarios, you can see that there's been a, a clear shift or pivot in hockey culture, and I think and I don't want to say that there's no traces of the the older version whatsoever left over because I think that would be a miscast. But I, I do think that there's a greater awareness, understanding, and appreciation for the entire player, not just the on-ice version. And I think there's more goodwill towards mental health now than ever before. So it's a great time to to act. Uh, but what we have to do is be more proactive 
less reactive because that tends to be the way hockey is. The other thing, too, with that swift current bus crash is that Graham James was attached to that one. So there's an additional stress factor that's placed on those players, the survivors of that crash. But when you were doing uh, these interviews and, and this survey, uh, so there's really you you're 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 I don't know if please is the word to use, but you're you're starting to sense that there we're moving in a more positive direction. Do you think? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, okay. I, I think I think what we need now is people to sit around a table and work out an action plan. And if you'll allow me this analogy, Brian, I think what's happening, if, especially at the junior hockey level, maybe less so at the minor hockey level. OK, is we've got the we've got the, the ingredients in the in the cabinet. We just have to figure out a recipe to put it together. And that way, when tragedy strikes, we're able to put forward some sort of deployment plan and help these people out because they need help. And we know this now, and we know that tragedy happens. We can't just say, oh, well, the Swift Current Broncos bus crash, that's a a one in a million. We know from a few years ago, just thinking about bus crashes, that there was another uh, equally horrific, perhaps from a a death toll, more horrific one in Humboldt. So we know that these things happen, uh, and they can happen in any number of forms. I keep hearing people say this has really got to start at the top and work its way down at the NHL. But there's politics involved at the NHL level. There's the Players Association. There's the league itself. Who's got to who's got to basically take this thing and run with it? Does it have to start there? Can it start anywhere? Oh, I think the NHL would be a great start. But, you know, my study is, is look more at, at the youth hockey level. So looking at Hockey Canada, the CHL, minor hockey and stuff like that. I think if the NHL was to partner with Hockey Canada and promote some of these initiatives, I think the sky's the limit on stuff like that. But there's definitely a trickle down. So depending on, on you know, if you're looking at the NHL or just Hockey Canada in general, uh, it definitely has to start there. There's only so much a minor hockey organization can do by itself. It needs the resources and it needs the support of parent organizations. How easy is it for Hockey Canada to do this when there's other, you know, side stories going on with Hockey Canada? It's got to be tough. Oh, I, I, I'm going to take the opposite view on this, Brent. I think it's got to be easy. This is okay. a win for Hockey Canada, and, and they need wins right now. And I think with, with the change in leadership, this is definitely something they can do. Uh, we spoke with a, a representative from Hockey Canada. I'm not sure that would have happened three, four years ago, uh, but they made themselves available to us. I think, that, I think that they are ready to make some changes. And now that our studies are complete, I'm hoping that we will have an audience with them and and we can sit down and and figure out some practical solutions. So where do players go and where do teams go if they need some assistance? Is there, is there a spot that you can kind of drive them to or. I love that. I love that question because it's such a, it's such an obvious and honest question. And, and, the thing is, and Hockey Canada has admitted this, the Ontario Minor Hockey Association has admitted this, they have resources, but they're not sure that their members know that, they, that resources exist. So just, you know, uh, that, that sort of awareness, pushing forward the awareness that, yeah, Hockey Canada has some resources for teams that are stricken with tragedy, and this is who you need to call. And, and you know, these are the sorts of step-by-step protocol uh, this is part of something that Hockey Canada, I think, should be able to deliver to their to their membership. Um, one of the, the areas of concern is when it comes to things like grief counseling, for example, the cap on the insurance that Hockey Canada has is $1,000 per team. In inflationary times, $1,000 
for maybe 20 grief stricken, you know, teenagers doesn't go very far. So I think, you know, Hockey Canada starts to need to rethink some of their, uh, I guess, their policies, but also to perhaps some of their deployment. I don't think people even know about that insurance. They've got to do a better job of getting the message out there, do they not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, like, again, I, I'm of the opinion that Hockey Canada is sincere. I know there's a lot of doubters out there, and, and these doubters come from, I think, a, a sound uh, footing based on some of the headlines that we've seen over the last three, four, five years. But I think Hockey Canada is, is sincere about trying to create positive outcomes for youth athletes. They just need to do a better job delivering on it. Where can people find this, uh, this research paper or, or some direction? Is there any particular place that you can drive people? Okay, so okay. that's an excellent question. It's something that I need to do better. So I, I've uh, stewarded through three master students, so we've done three uh, master's theses on these. Okay. Um, we're going to publish it in, in uh, journals. I've recently written in the, the conversation, so I think, and there's some hyperlinks there that will take uh, listeners, and I guess listeners who would be readers, to, to certain areas. And then I'm going to continue to, to bang this drum because I think that this is a drum worth banging. Craig, thanks for your time today. It's, it's the tip of the iceberg. We, we've got to help these teams. We have to help these players because uh, they're like everybody else out there. It just seems like we try to power through it. That's the, the hockey mentality, but we do need to, uh, we do need to guide people. So uh, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it very much. Anytime, Bryn. Okay, thank you. Dr. Craig Greenham. Associate Professor, the Department of Kinesiology at the University of Windsor.